Welcome to the Wanderers History Podcast and to a new episode looking at some of the most important doges of 16th century Venetian history, part of the broader rulers and monarchs of the 16th century Mediterranean and Europe series. In the last episode, we talked about Pietro Loredan and his rule between 1567 and 1570, right before the beginning of the Fourth Ottoman Venetian War in Cyprus. The context, pretext, and more general information about the War of Cyprus, I've also talked in episodes 2, 3, and 4 of the podcast, so do make sure to check those out as well. Also, before we continue, I'd like to remind you to please hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Uh, It really helps the channel and I would really appreciate it. So, let us resume. With Selim II becoming the new Ottoman Sultan, In 1566, an inaugural conquest was necessary. The Venetians were aware of the mercurial nature of the new sultan, relying on the ability of Grand Vizier Mehmed Sokolu Pasha to keep checks on both him and Joseph Nasi, and at least redirect any eventual war away from a Venetian territory elsewhere. We see this in reports from bylaws coming from Constantinople. Malta seemed an unlikely venture given what had happened in 1565. In 1569, Yemen required attention from the Porte. But as mentioned in the previous episodes, not even Mehmed Sokolu could do anything to postpone the emergence of yet another war between the Venetians and the Ottomans in the Mediterranean. Doge Pietro Loredan died in May 1570, and Alvise Mocenigo would succeed him. Jerusha Richardson in his Doges of Venice, primary source edition from 1904, described Alvise the first Mocenigo as, quote, a wise choice of illustrious family. He had served his country long and with great devotion. His personal virtue was unassailable, and he was soon seen to be exerting himself to the utmost to deal with both home and foreign affairs in a manner their gravity demanded. End of quote. And indeed, his career was quite interesting. Coming from the aristocratic and well-established Mocenigo family from Venice, he spent decades working throughout the meandering diplomacy and politics of mid-16th century Europe, being a diplomat at the court of Emperor Charles V and later on Pope Paul V. In 1567, he wanted to become Doge, but lost to Pietro Loredan. However, Mocenigo's chance to shine as one of the most powerful figures in Venetian republicanism came at the worst of times. Venice faced yet another war against the Ottomans and was facing the loss of one of its most important economic cogs of its commonwealth, namely Cyprus. Moreover, Mocenigo and the Venetians knew that the only substantial and realistic help they could get in trying to fend off the Ottomans away from Cyprus would be from Spain with mediation from the papacy. France would not partake in any attacks on the Ottoman fleet and the emperor and the empire aimed to preserve the peace in Central and Eastern Europe with the Ottomans. Doge Mocenigo tried to appeal to the Queen Mother Catherine the Medici of France, but also to the Tsar of the Muscovy. Now, strategically seen, assistance from the Muscovites during the failed expedition for the relief of Cyprus in 1570 and the following aftermath at Lepanto in 1571 would have been of great use for the Holy League and especially for the Venetians. This would have represented a much-needed distraction for the Porte, who in uh, 1569 had temporarily pacified relations with the Muscovites in order to focus their attacks specifically on Cyprus. 
Unfortunately for the Venetians, such strategies, uh, including the one of the papacy to trying to convince Ivan the Terrible to attack the Ottomans, or even Venice's mission to Persia to convince Shah Tahmas I to attack the Ottomans from the east, failed, and the Holy League ultimately did not receive any external support either from Muscovites or from the Persians. Mocenigo knew that the situation was critical and was aware of the deteriorating situation in Cyprus. We can get a quote from Mocenigo from Brian Pullen's excellent source called The Jews of Europe and the Inquisition of Venice, where Mocenigo says that this fourth Ottoman-Venetian war was, according to him, and I quote, launched against them by the Turks on account of espionage and the evil machinations of Jews. End of quote. Now, it is important to bear in mind this quote comes from the 16th century and a very turbulent diplomatic and religious context. This was during a time when we would see a very aggressive influence of the Inquisition in Venice. And most likely, this quote is specifically uh, directed at Joseph Nasi, who I've talked before on the podcast. He was a financier, close associate of Sultan Selim II, who Joseph Nasi became Duke of Naxos, but also had a vested interest in Cyprus. He wanted to see that either as a pashalik, so a part of the Ottoman Empire, or a protected kingdom, which he could rule as he did with Naxos. One of Mocenigo's objectives very early on was to try to convince the faction in the Venetian Senate who was against yet another war against uh, the Ottomans. And eventually he managed to do it. It was a radical change of direction in which the Venetian government seemed to be awakened to the reality of the geopolitical circumstances in the uh, Mediterranean, namely that war with the Sultan was inevitable. They would not attack Malta once again in 1570. Cyprus seemed to be the most convenient target for the Ottomans. Furthermore, it's important to highlight Venice's lack of long-term vision, a cohesive strategy to try to deter the Ottomans, if they could, from starting another war. So the Venetians were overwhelmingly preoccupied with the security of their Ottoman peace. And in, indeed, until 1570, uh, the Republic had partially managed to economically recovered for Levantine trade, despite Selim's succession in 1566, which required great precaution given the unpredictability of the new sultan and the necessity to preserve Venetian commercial privileges. The Venetian government greatly under underestimated the importance of an alliance with Spain, having shown little desire to help them at Gerba in 1560 and Malta in 1565. As I've said before in the previous episodes, the Venetians stay out of all of these conflicts at the beginning of the century between Spain, Philip II, and an older Suleiman, and then Selim II. Once more, on the actual War of Cyprus, uh, make sure to check episodes two, three, and four. I've also talked about the victors at Lepanto, an episode dedicated in part to Sebastiano Veniero, who would become a Venetian doge in 1577. 
Ultimately, though, when at Lepanto did not regain Cyprus for the Venetians, who were forced to sign yet another costly peace with the Ottomans, France would somewhat facilitate this peace through François Noailles, Bishop of Dax, but also Solomon Ashkenazi. Spain accused Venice of betraying the Holy League in 1573. Yet, in February of 1578, they themselves called what Fernand Brodel called, quote, a gentleman's agreement with the Ottomans, uh, a first step towards the 1581 truce between the Spanish and the Ottomans, which largely end uh, large-scale warfare in the Mediterranean in the 16th century. But the message was clear for the remainder of the century. The trend towards uh, decreasing militarization in the Mediterranean would continue. Of course, it would restart in the 17th century. We see the Ottomans attack Candia or Crete, but that is um, a story for another day. In 1574, Doge Mocenigo welcomed French King Henry III, who briefly stayed in Venice. Until 1577, uh, the Venetians sought to recover economically from the war while refortifying parts of Candia. Mocenigo had no choice but to fight a war that was long coming, the one in Cyprus. Cyprus was lost and the Republic had yet again to compromise. So later on in March 1577, Mocenigo passed away and he was succeeded by Sebastiano Veniero, one of the victors at Lepanto. His doeship was, however, very short-lived. He would die in early March 1578. So we're talking about a one-year doeship. I'll talk more about that in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wanderers History Podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And until the next time, all the best. <laughs>